give it to you. Fuck way for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock knock, open up the door and spill. With the non-stop pop up and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a motherfucker wonder if he did it. Damn right, and I do it again. Cause I am like so I got to Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the DJN Cast. This is Rich Sponholtz, the Spooner Man, with uh, the hack father, Jamie Eastep, as always. And we have uh, some fun things to talk about today, like our last couple of hey, episodes. Oh. Hey Rich. Yeah. Do you know how many languages that Homelands was printed in? More than English. <laughs> I put this, this came up since the last time we recorded it. Uh, yeah, that would be six languages. So yeah, we're a bunch of silverbacks over here, and apparently can't Google the languages that sets were printed Dude, in. So counting so hard. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, for shitting on us, Sean O'Brien, and letting us know that we're fucking idiots. Yeah, so we're we're apparently not very bright. <laughs> and no. granted, we we definitely didn't Google this uh, before we. It was just you know side conversation before we started recording uh, the last episode. But <laughs> fuck, we're stupid. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. So anyway, definitely. Um, we have a uh, we got a great show coming at you. We uh, had another hacks house event. This one was vintage and old school. They did a little cubing. Cube suffered a loss. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, let's uh, let's get on with it. Uh, you want to lead into it absolutely and i know uh unfortunately you weren't weren't able to uh make this event you were definitely missed Yeah, it's been happening a lot lately (laughs) Uh, it's okay man you got other things going on but we had a good turnout so for vintage uh we ended up having let's see two three four five six seven eight nine ten players for the vintage f like how you didn't write this out on the show notes like you had to actually count it hey that just proves that i can count to ten that's true i i wasn't sure if that <laughs> i can play that. storm now i can play storm Yay. <laughs> so anyway we had Two dredge decks, Chris and Patsy were playing that. P.O. Oath was uh, piloted by Frenchie, and he ended up winning it. Tends to be what happens when you take two decks that just put your dick on the table and slap them together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was disgusting. So Garrett was on a traditional Oath list. He took second. We'll come back to my list, but uh, Josh oh. was on Eldrazi. We had a new guy, JC, who showed up on a uh, Juzum deck, actually. Really? Yeah, it kind of resembled like, I guess maybe like 95, 96 Pro Tour, like type one, what you would expect. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I was talking with him about uh, some old school and stuff, and he's definitely interested in it. A guy named John showed up. He was uh, somebody that Patsy vouched for, and he was playing like a mono black necro value deck where he was just kind of value towning necro. Like the old mono black, like... Uh, like the Randy Bueller deck, Pro Tour deck. Yeah, that's yeah. The Randy, the Randy Bueller. There, it was definitely akin to that. He, it did have some newer cards like Wasteland and stuff like that. You know, in, in the in the list, but it was definitely like in okay. of that ilk uh, of deck. So it isn't just like value necro and drain life. Like there's more, more to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, there was more to it. There, there was one or two drain lives in the list, but it was it was interesting. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it was it was pretty sick. Not a hundred percent sure why you wouldn't play Exsanguinate since it's a better card. But... I don't. Well, he had beta ones, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. I guess if you got him, yeah. flex him. But. Hey, neither of these gentlemen took last, I would like to point out. Oh, yeah, that's because you did. Actually, no, I didn't because I input the results wrong. It was actually one of our other decks we haven't talked about yet. But uh, there was Mono Red Sneak Attack. Mercer showed up. Matt was piloting Pig Red. 
And uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. he was he was channeling that for us. He was very enamored with the fact that Matt Webster kicked all of our teeth in last time with the deck. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that Matt did not kick everyone's no, teeth. No, so yeah, ben, okay. <laughs> ben Gabala showed up with the spiciest thing I've seen in a while. Was he showed up playing Shared Fate, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the deck that took dead last. <laughs> that's, but that's so. Fun. Oh yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> so. I had the bright idea of playing Blue-White Lantern Control. Now that Misstep is restricted, I thought maybe we'd just see how Lantern did in, uh, in Vintage. I won one, one round. That was against Ben Gabala. I played against Dredge twice. You know what's really bad against Dredge? Things that, uh, that mill stuff. Yeah, Codex Shredder really sucks. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> um... So I played against both Dredge decks. And then uh, Frenchie kicked my teeth in. So uh, there were ley lines in that deck, right? Yes, yes. I I believe I was running ley line of the void in the sideboard, and I think I was also running um, ravenous traps. So I definitely I, I had I had sideboard hate, mm-hmm. um, but after you lose game one, it can be really hard. Like my my yeah. primary game plan was like. Land artifacts eventually. I just feel like we want to put those in the main if if we riff on this some more. There are some other problems with the list that you played. I think it was the, yeah, oh my God. I I mean, I literally put it together right down to the wrong color combination. Yes. Well, so I I don't think that necessarily the blue white is bad. I think that I need to, I think I need to probably run something like Rest in Peace main deck. Um, Rest in Peace. Yeah. Stony Silence not being in the metagame right now as much, I don't have to worry about that. You know, the biggest right. thing is collect is collector oof. Um, Big oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of the, where the, the card I was most afraid of. Um, yeah. So I did have a, a good bit of removal in the deck just to kind of deal with the uh, Stony Silence Null Rod Man. Unfortunately, I didn't see him. I got blown out by Dredge. Frenchie blew me out. So yeah, that was how, kind of how my day went. We uh, we do need to touch on a couple of uh, really important cards from yeah. So we we used the uh, the modern Lantern deck kind of as a scaffold to start with when you were talking about this deck. And you had some very interesting explanations for some of your deck building choices that I really want to uh, highlight here. Uh, oh, number what, one, what, what were uh, you didn't play Ancient Stirrings because... I, I, I sold them. And, uh, and you didn't play any copies of Surgical Extraction because... I, I, I sold them. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, both. Oh, of those correction! Cards are... I played. I played Power Bottom. I did not play Frenchie. Oh, okay. That was that was who my fourth round opponent was. Sorry, I was just checking my notes. Really matters when you're missing key cards. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um. Well, I you know I owned those cards forever. I never used them really. Sure. I've never been big on Surgical Extraction as a card personally. I've always just preferred to have things like Graft Digger's Cage or. And that makes sense for uh, for vintage usually. Well, even in legacy, I've always been more of the mindset that I'd rather play Tormod's Crypt or Grafdigger's Cage or Fairy Macabre because you know with the uh, the presence of Red Black Reanimator playing um, what's what's the white creature that they play that says you pay one more? Oh, uh, Chancellor of the Annex. Yeah, Chancellor of the Annex. I just think that having like the zero drop ability to like pop their graveyard. That's fair. Or being able to ferry macabre where you're just cycling it, it just seems better in legacy to me. I know a lot of people are really high on um, playing surgical. I've just never personally 
been big on the card. Um, I think at the most I've ran one to two. Um, and that was back when, you know, lands was a much more dominant strategy in the metagame I was playing at uh, in South Carolina. So mm-hmm. now where I'm at, I'm one of the two lands players that kind of shows up. So I don't, I'm not as big on that card anymore. That's pretty fair. Fun little interesting bit of trivia at uh, GP Hoth. Uh, it was uh, GP Louisville 20, whoa, man, 16, maybe. You remember the... the Oh, it was the one that was in, uh, yeah, it was in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, the the one where the guys that I was traveling with and I almost died uh, in the mountains of West Virginia because <laughs> we don't know how to check a forecast. Um, <laughs> into the guardrail. Um, <laughs> that was... That was such a scary trip, man. Yeah, anyway. I actually I actually passed on that one. There were some guys from South Carolina yeah. that went, and I was like, fuck that. I'm not riding up through that shit. Yeah, no, there's... Because you know people in South Carolina already can't drive. You rely on someone from South Carolina to drive in the snow, you might as well just, you know, drive off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, hope your will's up to date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, exactly. Uh, we left uh, a day early. We were going to go to Charleston, West Virginia, and uh, hit the uh, casinos. The night before and what ended up happening instead was we ended up calling it quits uh in beckley uh for the night we pulled off mm-hmm. and fortunately found a hotel with uh an open room that we just crashed in for the night that our layout wasn't particularly good zach was in a, a sleeping bag his head was <laughs> towards the bathroom and hartness promptly gassed him into oblivion <laughs> but you know any port in a storm but we we stopped for the night four hours after we were expecting to be in charleston um Jesus. we 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 were just lucky to be alive we we came out the next morning and there was a wrecker with a uh a cord on it like just you know your your stereotypical trashy like gold million miles on it a cord yeah that like the top of it was just caved in it had grass and shit like in the windows and we're just like guys that could have been us damn <laughs> was scary oh, what did that fuck. what did this have to do with surgical extraction oh uh so what this has to do with surgical extraction <laughs> is uh zach and i played a 75 for 75 copy of the same infect list mm-hmm. which featured four surgical extractions in the sideboard how'd that work out for you great <laughs> Did you day two? Barely not, but Zach Zach was in top eight contention for the majority of day. Wow. And man. still managed not to min cash. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so Vintage was great as always. Uh one of you know, obviously one of our favorite formats to play. But on Saturday we ended up having some old school and kind of a rundown of the metagame we had. Crowley, aka Curmudgeon, was on red white Atog. Ernum Burnham was what uh Turnum Burn was on. I was on my four color fast bond control. Kingslayer was on red black troll. Oh um, yeah. he brought out Disco Troll. He did, he did. What a fucking um, savage. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it was it was definitely it was definitely I'll, I'll talk about it. But yeah, <laughs> had uh, Frenchie playing the deck because Boo. he's a fucking GBT. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> he's a GBT. Boo. He proxied it. Oh, boo. <laughs> 
We had two mono black. Anyway, so Crystal Brand was on his almost 75 mushroom stamped deck <laughs> where we, we have donated cards for Chris to have his own old school deck. And we stamped all of them. And we stamped it with our hack stamp. Ben Gabala borrowed mono black from me. He had a blast. He has already started buying cards for old school. Solid. Power Bottom was on Pink Weenie. As he do. Like he do. Luke Sherry was on the Blue Stew Dib deck that he has been known to play. Yeah. Um, he had a good day. He was playing really he was playing really tight. Oh. Gabe was on a mono white moat prison list. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Oh, so he was my round one opponent. So I'm we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> good. This this matchup was was great. When you're only Attacking creatures in the deck are Mishra's Factory. Mode is Mode is a hell of a magic card. It is. It is. Holy so, mackerel. All right. Game one, I have him down to one, and I am just trying to draw a burn spell to end it. I am at five, and he top decks Earthquake to draw the game. <laughs> <laughs> game two, I got there. Game three, he got there. And we had time to finish a game four before time, and I got there just very very narrowly off the back of a, a very large fireball so the the best part was he was playing nova pentacle in the main deck oh my god yes <laughs> so the 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 fucked up part about it is is that i forgot what that that he had one on board and i swung in with a mishra's factory i'll i'll let you guess kind of how that ended for me well so i i feel like we need to do you need to read that card to the folks at home? I, I was gonna, re yeah, I was gonna read it for everyone. Uh, so Nova Pentacle is an artifact from Legends. It's a four drop, and for three and tapping it, redirect damage done to you from one source to target creature of opponent's choice. So I'm guessing that you uh, you killed your own Mishra's factory. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> you're a moron and can't read. <laughs> Uh, I just, I totally forgot he had it on board. I was like, we had gone multiple turns just back and forth, and I, I ripped the factory. I'm trying to remember the last time I saw that. Yeah. Card. That's so great. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was so, so much spice. I mean, it was, I mean, his deck was really, really sweet. I can't remember if he was running two or three moats, but... I mean, it was a totally sick list. So hats off to you, Gabe. That was that was impressive. You definitely had my vote for like most creative deck of the day. So next round, my round two, I played against Power Bottom on Pink Weenie. And game one, he Blood Mooned me. And I, con I conceded. On no, he, he Blood Mooned me like turn two. Turn two or turn three. Yeah, that sounds about right. And at six life, I conceded. Game two, I managed to avoid Blood Moon, but I still died. Yeah. You know, you know what doesn't care about the abyss? Uh, Creatures with pro black. Yeah, that's uh that is correct. Yeah. So, I got I got savagely fucking destroyed. Yeah, the white pump knight uh that is an order of the ebon hand. I don't yeah. know <laughs> what its name is cuz it is an order of the ebon hand. It's the wrong yeah. color. Uh order of light beer, I think is what it's called. Uh, Leap okay. beer. Leap beer, light beer, I don't know how the hell you say it. I don't know. Anyway. It's from Fallen Empires and therefore it's excellent. Yes. Yes. So next round, I played uh, Curmudgeon on his ATOG list. I got game one narrowly, and then my my notes just say, fuck you, asshole, with a <laughs> check next to you um, <laughs> for the next two rounds. So I'm guessing that I, I died savagely. After that, I played Kingslayer. I see a check mark next to you twice, and I wrote fuck, fuck, fuck underneath it. So clearly, I was having a great day. Yeah. If you're not playing Disintegrate, Troll Disco is a very problematic deck to play against. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was tough. I had a tough day at the office. I didn't I didn't in fact take last, so that's good. But you know, it's playing my deck. I always love pulling yeah. that pulling out my fast bond lists. It's just I absolutely love playing it. It might it's never going to be a tier one deck, but it's what I enjoy. You know, and it's it's mm-hmm. my my brew. So so let's talk about drunk cube and why it's never going to oh, no, happen. Again. I still. I still had a grudge match. Oh, yeah. You lost, didn't you? Fuck you, Rich. <laughs> he did lose. I did lose. So I'm, I had a grudge match with Turn and Burn. The charity that he chose was uh, Beds for Kids in Charlotte. And I had chose the Orange County Animal Rescue. And I did not perform quite as well as I thought I was going to. The format was Australian Highlander. It's a seven-point Highlander format. You get 60 main deck cards, 15 sideboard cards. We played a best of five. So the grudge match started out great. I won game one at two life. I assembled Vault Key and and won the game. Sick. Uh, I should say he was on like a stacks type build with a lot of mana ramp, that kind of thing. So he was, you know, pumping out fatties and lock pieces. So I was playing a three color time vault, like a bug time vault list. Game two, he got there. I think that he like Ulamogged or something, or maybe that was the game that he played. Uh, oh, what, what's the what's the cons of Tarkir? Um, Planeswalker the Dragon. Oh, Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Yeah, I got Ugin that game. So that, first of all, that's Fate Reforged, and second of all, I fucking love that card. Oh, I do, I do too. I play it in my in my stacks list. I love that card. I just couldn't remember. God, the name we're of just it. gonna talk about all sorts of awesome uh, colorless things yeah. that are going to make me rebuild Tron. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever, and I don't. I want to play modern about as much as I want to put another hole in my head, but. Oh my god, I missed that I'm, deck. I'm telling you, you need to play Australian Highlander because you can play stacks. So anyway, we game Still singleton. Game three, I got there. Um, assembled Vault Key. So at this point, I am up two one. I need one more win to get there. And I I I can't I can't get there. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, I lost the next two games. He gets there. I mean, the the format's great. I love Aussie Highlander a lot. So after that, we decided to cube. And so for those of you that have not seen my cube or heard about it, um, I have a 360 card fully powered old school cube. There's no proxies or anything in it that is a great eight man cube atmosphere. When it's put together correctly. When it's put together correctly. Thank you, Eric, for basically just taking mono black and shoving a whole mono black deck into the cube. <laughs> and some additional strip mines. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and factories. And it, I have no idea how many cards were in the cube that night, but it, there were eight strip mines. There was all sorts of shit. So anyway. And this is our stock cube list has, I think, four strip mines in it. Four. It, it already has quite a few strip mines yeah. for an old school cube in it yeah we just we love the card strip mine as a group so uh of course you know we have multiple copies in there it's absurd with eight (laughs) the reason that there was only four in there is the original build had eight in it and everyone sat there and went "Mm, nah (laughs) yeah when when the the breakdown on cubetutor.com told me that Pack one, pick one was strip mine over Black Lotus or any or Ancestral Recall. I knew there was a problem. So <laughs> anyway, so 
we are no longer drunk cubing because A, the cube got assembled incorrectly, and B, someone dropped a signed Tetravis on the ground that my dog proceeded to eat. And when I say eat, I mean he literally somehow bit through all of the all the perfect hard sleeve and the outer sleeve to just make this thing look like a piece of Swiss cheese. Rest in peace, Tetravis. Rest in peace, Tetravis. It's okay. The guys offered to uh, snag me another one to replace it as a like hey, we're really glad it's not a piece of power or a dual land. So, you know, we're no longer going to be doing that drunk for that reason. So from now on, when we cube, cube will be the first thing. We'll do old school afterwards. But it was fun as always. I mean, it was great. I had a lot of fun. I cubed uh, just a fucking miserable shit pile of a deck. I think I lost my win condition or two of my win conditions to ante in the first, like, three games. <laughs> so yet again, I just lose epically at my house just firing in all cylinders aren't <laughs> yeah you? oh yeah man i'm definitely i just peak oh, performance <laughs> so we uh we've got a couple of vintage lists that we want to talk about oh yeah well we got you know hopefully there's going to be vintage at scg con this summer they still have not made their announcement but i know we're hoping for that so rich and i have been looking through possible deck lists that we might play or put together rich has been looking at some pretty spicy ones there's one in particular that i think that i'm gonna let you just take a, a, a crack at i may spaghetti it this summer and let you play this so you know I'd, I'd do some sort of fun little intro for this but this is this is grixis painter like just just vintage grixis painter and it's fucking amazing <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Rich played Strawberry Shortcake in Legacy for many, many years. It's one of, near and dear to his heart. He loves the deck. Currently don't own a copy of it. Well, but you do own Power. Yeah, they, it was uh, it was traded away for uh, my Lotus and two of my Moxins. So. Oh, yeah, you know, it got sacrificed for a good, for a good reason. But yeah. th- this list is just, you sent it to me the other day. It's bonkers. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, well, it's just... I think what what amazes me is the fact that how diverse vintage is right now and that we see something like Grixis Painter take down the the vintage challenge uh, the 16th of February. So do you want to give a rundown of kind of what's in this list and kind of what what your thoughts are? I I have never really played Painter in Legacy or Vintage, obviously, but I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on the deck and like some of the the newer cards showing up like Goblin Engineer and Emery Lurker of the Lock, you know, kind of what you see see in this list. And Underworld Breach also being uh, a newer card that is showing up in this. Sure. So what Painter Grindstone combo as you know, many people know, is the creature, Painter Servant, two drop, one, three, Scarecrow. As it enters the battlefield, you choose color. All cards that aren't on the battlefield, spells, and permanents are the chosen color in addition to their other colors. So it, it does some fun stuff with color identity. And the artifact, Grindstone, is one drop from Tempest, three mana, tap it, target player puts top two cards of the library into their graveyard. If they share a color, repeat this process. Obviously, if you have a Painter Servant in play and you've named a color, lands, anything that comes off the deck, the two cards that go into the graveyard are always going to share a color. And it just does it repeatedly until you mill out their whole deck. Mm-hmm. Just real quick for, you know, anyone that doesn't know that uh, combo. It's... So what what color do you typically name with, with Painter? I, I just legit, I remember you telling me at one point, but I don't remember. So... It gets kind of interesting. So naming blue classically is what you name uh, because you tend to play red blast effects. 
so that you can uh, red blast whatever you want. You can stone rain them with a with a red blast yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you know what. One mana blow up a land is pretty damn good. Yeah, it makes sinkhole seem very out of date. But you you do run a risk uh, in doing that of them being able to, say, pitch a land to a force of will. Or now force of negation as well. Or exactly, or, or force of negation. So yeah. it's it's a little bit of a double edged sword. Normally I think you would still name you would still name blue. So, um, so even in vintage list, you'd still still you name would de- blue. You would definitely name blue. Uh, oh, I see a, the three pyroblasts in the main deck now. Okay. Yeah, I, I missed that there's earlier. There's an old, old mono green painter list where you I don't remember oh, you would natural order for Iona. Oh uh, after naming uh <laughs> after naming green. Uh which which uh, this is a legacy deck, mind you, yeah, but yeah. in in that one, obviously, you would name green. But typically, blues what you name with yeah. your uh, your painter servant, unless you want to start getting really really creative. Yeah, the uh, well, I also noticed this deck is running the Karn, a singleton Karn, the Great Creator, with a, a Karn board, just a small one. Yeah, it's a small one. It looks like they're running Mindbreak Trap, another Pyroblast, uh, some more bolts. That I also like that they're running the. Tinkerbot in the sideboard. They've got Tinker main deck, but Blightsteel well, is on the sideboard. I was gonna say we're gonna get we're gonna get there. So yeah. as with any combo deck, you've got your Yogwill, you've your Vamp Tutor, your Demonic Tutor. You're pretty much priced into playing Ancestral Recall, Time Walk. If you really, really want to be cooking with gas in this deck, you're you're playing a whole bunch of mana acceleration like you'd expect. Yeah. The real interesting thing is because you're playing blue, you're pretty much priced into playing Tinker. Yeah, and so you end up being able to do some really cool things, which you know we see in this deck list, where you have the ability to bring in the bot out of uh, out of the sideboard if you want to, or you can play around with the contents of your Karn board versus your Tinker targets in your main, and you do have yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, I love the Bolas of Citadel in the main deck. Yes, me too. Yeah, I think that that's just genius deck building. And the one of Lion's Eye Diamond too. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Just fantastic, because that goes with a new card, of which there's two copies in this deck, Underworld Breach. Yeah, I thought that that was really just the, some really solid deck building to, to think of that interaction as well. Underworld Breach, I think, is the uh, it's the kind of like the new Yogwill, right? A little bit. So it's, it's one in red for uh, an enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. So escape is simply you can cast this card from your graveyard. Just exile three. With some number of um, additional costs stapled. Yeah. So in in the set Theros Beyond Death, there's a lot of cards where the escape cost is mana, or it'll be mana and exile some cards or something like mm-hmm. that. In Underworld Breach's case, it makes it so all the cards in your graveyard, you exile three cards from your graveyard and pay the casting cost. So if you have something like Lion's Eye Diamond or Black Lotus in your graveyard, you can actually net gain mana as long as there's cards in your graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh God, you could hard cast a Blightsteel. Um... <laughs> Where this gets really great is building a whole lot of Storm yeah. for one of your favorite Storm cards ever printed. Good old Brain Freeze, yeah. of which there's a copy in oh, here. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I saw that and was just like, yes. <laughs> so in addition to just Painter Grindstoning out your opponent, you can actually Painter Grindstone yourself. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> and go off. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you've also got Emery Lurker of the Lock in the main deck as well to kind of help fuel your graveyard. You, when it comes into the, the battlefield, you put four cards from your library into your graveyard. So again, you know, kind of just really, this is definitely, I would say, a, a graveyard-heavy combo deck. This is, as the kids may say, some galaxy brain shit. Yes. Yeah, I am definitely not smart enough to play this deck. I saw this deck list and just, oh my God, I just, I, I had to take a moment. Yeah, when you sent me the list the other night, it brought a tear to my eye and I, I started to just, it was like, my boy's growing up. He's going to play blue and vintage. <laughs> well, don't, don't get your hopes up too much, right? I may still donk. Yeah, um, you, may, you may still spaghetti. I'm not sure if you you recognized who played this list, bringing this up uh, MTG Top 8, but this is uh, Justin Gennari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, he messaged me about my um, Lantern deck on, on Twitter. He was like, let me know how it goes. <laughs> Poorly. Poorly. <laughs> don't if play you're against listening to this, and I don't blame you if you're not, but if you're listening to this, try a little harder at keeping together, you know, your classic lantern cards. So maybe play some number of surgical extractions, probably four of them. Yeah. Probably yeah. playing green is correct. You also get access to Force of Vigor with that and a couple other neat little goodies. I think if we were to go back to the drawing board on this deck, we probably start with bug. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but Justin's a, a great brewer yeah. and perennially brings the spice. So the, the fact that this is a deck that came from him is just absolutely no surprise. Yeah, I actually didn't even notice that. I just, you had sent it to me and I was like, man, we got to talk about this. So, yeah, I, when I'd first seen it, uh, it was someone else that, that shared it. Um, it wasn't until you sent me the MTG Top 8 results and I saw I am actually level one. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense now. Makes sense. Yeah, no, this this deck is sweet. Um, I imagine you're probably going to borrow some blue power from me at some point and play this at, at a house point, event. At some point, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to uh, jam this a little bit. You know me. I, I absolutely love Painter Servant. Yeah. And yeah. this deck just has so many interesting lines and choices. I, I can't help but put this together at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, this just is so awesome. But yeah, no, so kind of moving on to another list that we've seen pop up. And I had to double check that this was actually Montolio that played this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just this just did not seem to me like something that he would play well, in, in my brain. He's always he's the, shops, know, the shops guy. Yeah. I but, mean, it, it's definitely one of those, like, he, he's got a bigger range than I think a lot of us think. We just always see him on shops. You well, know? and for, for a while there, he was, uh, I think he was playing Dredge. Dredge, he's played some Oath, and I, I think also some Eldrazi is another deck he enjoys playing. So, But, so this deck has, it, it has nine lands in it. Yep. And five of them are my favorite effect in Magic. <laughs> Uh, so four wasteland and a strip mine. The other four are bazaars. Yeah. Oh yeah. So already this one's starting, you know, top, high top notch, top notch. We are, we're reading this. We're at full mast. Like, let's, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> let's get busy. So this deck is based on, uh, using bazaar to cheat out creatures like basking rootwalla, hollow one. And then it plays cards like memnite. You know, the, the zero drop one one, uh, definitely the limited all-star. Excuse me, sir. That card was constructed playable in modern. Thank you very much. When? I didn't, I never moderned, so, you, you know. It was, it was uh, in Affinity. You oh. played either three or four of them. Oh, well. It was 
Zero drop one one. <laughs> hey, you know you put a did, cranial plating on it. You beat the shit out of someone with it. It's fantastic. Didn't they just ban that deck from you know the entirety of modern? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I I'd, I'd sold out of modern like two years ago, and yeah. the one deck that I kept was Affinity, yeah, and it got banned. Uh, now I can't play modern, uh, which is fine because I haven't played modern in seven months. But so it's also running Sphinx of uh, Foresight. It's running Squee Goblin Nabob and Vengevine. Got a bunch of the Force effects with Force Negation, Force of Vigor, Force of Will, Mental Misstep, Mind Break Trap, Two Misdirection, which I I really like seeing that card getting played again. Uh, and then four Once Upon a Time, a Chalice of the Void, and four Serum Powder. You know, I just realized that you can't cast Sphinx of Foresight. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just in there for, you can reveal it from your opening hand if you do Scry, scry 3. Yeah, yeah. That's literally what the card's in here for. <laughs> yeah, that's all it does. It's it's like, you're never casting it. I thought that that was hilarious. So, remember this list popping up a little while ago? I think Joe Dyer had mentioned it in one of his articles in the Spider corner but it's it's cool to see this deck actually get getting some love and putting up some results sideboard i love the fact that it's got three petrified field in it as well yeah this is definitely a spicy spicy meatball but kind of moving on from vintage we've got got a couple things coming up soon so there's a quarterly this coming weekend at atomic empire in durham uh so my local game store and i believe that you are planning on being up here this weekend as well uh there's a strong possibility i don't know whether i'm gonna play or not i just yeah uh, you know i get that i'm planning on playing in it i still have no idea what i'm actually playing and that's why i'm still jury out on whether i'm playing because i also don't know what i would play yeah you know i i'm i'm gonna go it's my local store i need to support them they're supporting eternal magic so yeah Unfortunately, it's on a Sunday, so I don't think the turnout's going to be all that great. Uh, They do have another one coming up on April 11th at Atomic Empire, Durham, so we're hoping for a good turnout. Um, So if you are in the Carolinas and like playing Legacy, please come out, support Atomic. We had, I think, almost 60 players for the first one, and the second one we had like 39. So I'd really like to see another big turnout with that. So, But what do you expect to see if you do end up playing this coming weekend? Uh, Delver. Yeah. And Delver. Yeah. And a mix of Delver, yeah. probably Stoneblade. Yeah, I think there'll probably be some Miracles. Um, yeah, probably... Some Oko pile something. I think there's going to be a lot of Oko piles. I mean, it's you're you're local there, so you can tell me what the kiddies are playing these days. Well, so it's interesting is that like the the group that I see at F and M, we kind of all have the same decks that we play. And it's when we have these the bigger events that we see people kind of come out of the woodwork a little more. I think that we'll probably see Storm in not a large number. There'll probably be one or two of the local pilots sure. that are pretty good at it. And I wonder if the Painter Mafia is going to show up. There's like three, <laughs> three or four guys that play Painter yes, there up are. there that, that just fucking ruin my... They just take my lunch. They ruin my day every fucking time. So. The North Carolina Painter Mafia is real. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the triangle, man. Fuck. Yeah. So anyway, I think that the the metagame has shifted a good bit in Legacy recently. And I think that, that it's good that it's shifted and that it seems like it's settling a little bit. So let's talk about some of these decks that we've been seeing kind of popping up. Right, because you do see some really cool ones here. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. you know, we, we spoke about the 
hallmark card of this deck when we were talking about painter um but the underworld breach deck that's popped up has been making some waves um and this one in yeah. legacy in lieu of having a whole bunch of artifact acceleration like you know mox and lotus any of that stuff it has to make do with four lotus petals and four uh four lion's eye diamonds yeah it's well it's the thing that i think that's so interesting about this deck is it leans on enlightened tutor as the tutor for the deck to get a piece of fast mana or to get the underworld breach I think that it's it's really kind of cool that they can set up like end of turn enlightened tutor for whatever piece they need right but it's it's not a tendrils based storm deck even though it is a storm deck and legacy and in legacy yeah it's relying on brain freeze uh, four copies of that and grape shot so it's really kind of cool to see this deck I haven't seen it in action yet I've watched a couple recordings of games and it is it's sweet you do some really cool stuff well yeah when you got 12 cantrips and four enlightened tutors I mean seems like you can probably go off whenever you want to you tutor for grinding station target yourself yeah you know basically yeah. just go off with lion's eye diamond and do the thing yeah do the thing as the kids say but yeah I'm, I'm hoping to see this deck if i had leds this is probably the kind of deck i would sleeve up mostly because i love the card brain freeze but yeah i think that's a deck that we might see we know we've got some competitive players that are grind a little bit more than we do take the format more seriously this pile is also playing orem chance which if you yeah. know me <laughs> i love an orem chant oh yeah oh yeah that card's sweet yeah i think it's a cool list so the next one that i've kind of seen popping up on the internet is this echo of aeons deck which i have such mixed feelings about this deck rich yeah no i know i it has the cards that i love it rich well some of the cards you love yeah it's it's an ancient tomb deck with city of traders and that plays chalice and ensnaring bridge and ensnaring bridge and it also plays force of will in a chalice deck there's a liquid metal coating in the sideboard which normally would be something that would yeah. get you rock hard i know and engineered explosives yeah lattice there is a but you know all of this comes at a pretty high cost it's a high cost for me, buddy. I hate modern bordered cards. <laughs> means that I would have to play Emery, Lurker of the Lock, and Urza, Lord High Artificer, along with Karn the Great Creator, Narset, Mox Opal, which is not the real Mox, not the legacy Mox. Well, I guess it is a legacy Mox now. It is a legacy it's Mox, banned yeah, modern. It's, bonded, it's banned in modern. Yep. But it also runs shitty cards like Urza's Bobble, Mishra's Bobble, that horrible card, Lion's Eye Diamond. You get to play three of them. <sighs> yep, sorry, four. There's one on the board. Yeah. Reading's hard. Board. It's, it's fine. Carn, carn board. Yeah, so... Playing defense grid. It's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. I, I played Tezzerator for many, many years. It's one of my all-time favorite decks in Legacy. I love playing the Abyss and Transmute Artifact and just calling the Judge every time I cast it. You know, there's nothing better than a Judge call when you're staring at a GBT and they have no fucking idea what your card does because they're too busy thinking about which cantrip they should cast next. Your Abyss is English, too. No, mine's in Italian. Oh, is it? Okay, well... Yeah. That makes a little more sense then. I've you know, I've had to call a judge on Tabernacle before and mine's in English. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so yeah, let's, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I this hurts me because this is like all of the trappings of the kind of deck that I love to play, but I'll never play this deck. Like ever. Like I will never play this deck ever. I will never ever play this. And it's just because I spent so long playing Tesserator and learning to like win on like razor thin margins. And I, I cut my teeth on that deck for a long time. We main decked a jester's cap. Yes. In, yes. in a copy of that deck. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was there were deep cuts in that. That that I love that deck so much. But unfortunately, the the power level of some of those older cards that I that I'm in love with, they just can't hang. Like Thopter Sword isn't good enough compared to what you can do with this this Emery Urza deck, where you know you can just go ape shit with it. I've also got Echo of Aeon, so it's like, hey, cool. I discard my hand, and you know, yeah, do do do. I will time twister. You will not. I will time. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just one of those things where it's really, it's hard for me to say, say this, but I, I, I think Tezraider's dead, buddy. I, uh, I think it's gone. I think it's time I need to let it go. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you. Uh, who are we shitting? I'm probably going to sleeve it up this weekend. Probably. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Tezzerator. You were a great deck once. Well, maybe like a tier two, tier three deck. But anyway, thank you for all your service and teaching me the joys of saying chalice, chalice trigger to every brainstorm. So anyway, I am not sure what I'm going to play this weekend. It's in my head. It's between burn. So I can just chimp oh, through the day. I love yeah. burn. You know that. I know. I know. I'm debating on just like chimping through the day on burn or I've got a pretty sweet Jund build that I've been working on that is playing uh hex drinker as well as. <laughs> I think, <laughs> is this the list that you sent me the other night? Yes. Oh yeah. my God. I fucking love it. I want, I, I want you to play this. I, I'm not sure whether this episode's going to be out before this weekend or not, but I, I, you need to play this deck. I think I'm probably going to run it this weekend. It's running Gurmag Angler. It's running Young Pyromancer. It's, it's got it's amazing. It, it's just amazing, and yeah. I love it. I opened the deck list when I saw it, and the first thing I saw was Hex Drinker, and I was like, "I'm in. Let's do this." <laughs> Yeah, I, I was trying to find like something that I thought would outclass Tarmogoyf, and just in the, the case that I see a Tarmogoyf this weekend, I was like, you know what's better than Tarmogoyf? Hex Drinker. He's real good. <laughs> Are you going to have a copy of Burn with you, regardless? Yeah. Um, well, I you would need bolts and chain lightnings, but yeah. I, I own those, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, if you if you want to bring those... Oh, I could donk. Yeah, if you decide you want to donk this weekend and, you know, go home with a payday. <laughs> <laughs> payday with burn. Payday with burn, so... Just ruined so many people's day. Well, there, so the last list that I want to talk about in Legacy is one that I know is near and dear to your heart. A deck that has been in the format for a while, but that we're starting to see some, some shit. It actually has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's been around since what 2015, 2016? Never. Oh, the Gatewatch was printed. I don't remember when that was. I don't remember either. That set was complete shit. January twenty second, twenty sixteen. Okay. Uh, so it recently celebrated its fourth birthday. That set really. The Eldrazi are the thing that stand out from that set. The rest of it was just fucking hot garbage. But they did give us our spaghetti monsters that you and I both love quite a bit. Hulk smash. Hulk smash, indeed. So, yeah, do you want to walk us through this this Eldrazi aggro list that was played by uh, Karate Dom on one of the MTGO challenges? Sure. So I, I have some bad news for you in that uh, this is tech that's at least a year old. Um, so 
I don't know about you know recent changes, but the walking ballistas in the list. It's it's a, a relatively stock list. You know, four four mimic, four reshaper, four smasher, four thought not seer, powered up with simian spirit guides and soul lands, endless ones, two endbringer, uh, the walking ballista. Why would you use simian spirit guide when you can play elvish spirit guide like a, a real man? Um, well, I don't know the prevalence of Elvish Spirit Guide on uh, MTGO, where this one was. I actually had kind of that moment uh, reading this list, because there's only three City of Traders. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we were going to come really, really close to uh, to poor shaming on the podcast. Uh, right up until I realized that this was on MTGO. Yeah. And uh, City of Traders, I think, is cheap, isn't it? Yeah, it can't be that much. It's tw- 13 tickets. 13 tickets, so 13 bucks, as opposed to $150. In cash. Yeah, it's a lot less than it is in paper. <laughs> yeah, um, so clearly that wasn't the reason for it. And this guy, is, it was really weird. So he's he's playing 26 lands, which is one land more than the stock list. Stock list 25. But he's only playing three City of Traders. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I've seen lists that are only playing two City of Traders, and they're running uh, Mishra's Factories and a Blast Zone. I've seen that show up in some of the lists. So I'm, I'm just curious what you think about that tech versus, say, this tech where they're running wastes in this list to have the basics. So it really just depends on what you're expecting to play against. I've I've played wastes in the deck before and it's been fun. If you're expecting to run into a bunch of Blood Moon or back to basics or something like that, having the wastes is a good thing. Also, if you're planning to run into a bunch of wastelands. Yeah. With the meta being as it is currently uh, with... Uh, Arkham's Astrolabe still running rampant and the snow control yep. decks and all of that stuff. I don't think that you're really priced into playing Wastes as much just because Blood Moon and Back to Basics and Wasteland continue to not be as good of cards as they normally uh, would be. Yeah. Well, so the, the thing that I've noticed as far as the shift in the metagame is it seems like Chalice just isn't really that good anymore. I mean, it's a bad card to begin with that you and I both love. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, the value of that and the value of Wasteland seem to have diminished quite a bit over the last, you know, eight months of the Legacy metagame. For different reasons, certainly. Like, Wasteland is being preyed upon by uh, the composition of people's mana bases. Chalice is really just suffering from a shift in depth construction, right? So instead of being, you know, an absolute glut of uh one drops like you used to see in mm-hmm. delver and this flavor of delver and that flavor of delver and here at delver well, I there think, at delver. i still think it's great against delver it, it is but you don't see that as your premier threat anymore yeah well also with death right shaman not being in the format you know they're not centered as much on one as they were with their threats being delver and death right you're seeing a lot more twos and you're seeing a lot more threes yeah. in the blue decks now and so your chalice on one sure you're stopping cantrips and if you're playing against delver it's still really really good you're stopping lightning bolts you're stopping delver of secrets if you're playing against a prowess build you're stopping monastery swiss spear all of their cantrip. They it seems like Swift Spears not even really played. They're they're heading more towards like Dreadhorde Arcanist as a card. Okay, sure. That makes and sense. And then, you know, even uh what is it, Hooting Mandrels being another one that, that is showing up in a lot of lists. Chalice doesn't hit Gurmag Angler. Never did. Yeah, it never did. Even though it's a one drop, it doesn't. Um Brazen Borrower being a three drop, you know, it's another card mm-hmm. that is showing up in the metagame. So I just think that, you know, it's tough to be a Chalice player because where we used to just be able to beat up on blue decks that were so one drop heavy. Now it's like, okay, you're hitting their bolts 
which, okay, whatever, you're playing big spaghetti monsters, they're just going yeah. dome with that. And you're hitting their brainstorms in their You hit their brainstorm and ponder, and it just seems like that, you know, I hate to say it, but Chalice just does not seem to be where I think you or I really want to be in the metagame, but it's kind of where our play styles are, you know? Right. You and I, I used to be a, a brainstorm pilot, and I used to sleeve up, you know, as many cantrips as they would legally let me. My first deck in the format was Infect, and yep. I had a copy of Infect until I uh, traded it for power. Like, yeah, and you know, I mean, that's just one of those things. Is like, I'd beta berserks. Yeah, you know, the deck was sweet. The deck was sweet. I, I guru basics. <laughs> the deck was really it was sweet. Pimp. It was definitely pimp. So, but you know, I do like to see that the metagame as far as what I've been seeing in the MTGO results, we are seeing a lot more non-blue decks showing up, like 12 post, Eldrazi, Lands, these decks are starting to kind of find a way and access to fight on against some of these decks. Oko is still just fucking miserable to play against, but at least it dies to Abrupt Decay. You know what else it dies to? Just putting this out there is Red Blast. You know you know what it really dies to? Thought Not Seer. Because you either take it out of their hand or you fucking run it over. So if you show up this weekend, you might be on Burn or Eldrazi. Well, I guess we'll kind of see where your your head's at this weekend. I might play Eldrazi, but I think uh, I think if Magic stays where it's at, you know, I th- I, I think you know maybe uh, maybe that we're gonna be uh, painting the town red or blue, as the yeah. kids may say. Yeah. I definitely think that where Legacy is kind of starting to settle now, I like this meta game much more than I did kind of the previous meta that we were in. There's still some cards that obviously you and I would both like to see banned out of the format. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But, you know, I feel like the metagame is is healthier than it was. We've seen people start to make more headway than they'd been making previously. Obviously, Astrolabe's a very problematic magic card, and Oko's just obnoxious. I'd love to see both of them go. Yeah, yeah. I I think that having Renin 6 out of the metagame has made a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's been a huge impact in in the metagame. And I think that, you know, Astrolabe is kind of the next one that probably gets hit. Um, I would not be surprised if we see that get hit maybe even before this summer. It's just, it's a problematic magic card. And the decks that can abuse it already have plenty of ways to draw cards. And just giving them perfect mana as well is just super problematic. So anyway, so some other events that are kind of coming up soon. Jeremy Aronson has announced a 40k legacy event. Is this dude just crazy? I mean, like, it's that's absurd. 40k? That is amazing. So I think the answer to that a little bit is yes. But Jeremy is one that time and time again has really, really committed himself to taking care of the players and supporting Eternal Magic in particular. He's done a lot of these bigger tournaments uh, out in St. Louis for a good long while. Mm -hmm. And so this year, after kind of talking about getting out of it at the end of last year, he seems to have refocused himself into throwing much bigger events than he ever has previously. So there's a 20k that sold out. It may have been quicker, but I know at the very least it sold out within the week yeah. that registration yeah, it was opened. about a week and the 40k is expected to do that as well yeah that goes live i think what this friday is registration i don't remember it's either this um, friday or next friday but anyway that'll be old news by the time i get around to editing this shit so sure and the the big news for people like you and i though is that there will be sanctioned vintage yes as a side event on site and uh ec rules old school which is big yes uh to put it mildly so 
seeing that he's got something in there for those of us that may not be keen on lighting $200 on fire to play a format that really doesn't seem to do what we want it to, but still having stuff for us is just really, really cool. Yeah, I had um, I had really debated on going out there just for the legacy because essentially that is our legacy GP this year. Right. I mean, the one guy is holding a legacy GP and I had you know, debated on just going out. I've always, I've never been to St. Louis. Um, it seemed like a good excuse to take a flight, go head out there. Mm-hmm. The entry fee, I understand, you know, being $200, he's given away tons of cash. He's still losing money. He's still losing money. Like hand over fist. Yeah. And the, there's a Black Lotus as the door prize. So, you know, mm-hmm. he he's really doing, doing a big thing. And, you know, for me, I wasn't super jazzed about like, oh, playing, you know, going to play Legacy. But when he had announced, hey, we're going to have sanctioned paper vintage and EC old school, I just was, I messaged him immediately and was like, do I have to register for the main event to go? And he said, no, They're like, this is going to be open if you want to just come for vintage and old school. And I said, you know, it'd be awesome if you could set it up so that we could have vintage in the morning and then in the afternoon there's legacy or not legacy uh old school afterwards that way those of us that aren't in the main event can still play you know four or five rounds of vintage four or five rounds of old school and we still kind of get our fix for the day right and he's also doing free food and and uh and beer afterwards which just is amazing mm-hmm. and jeremy if anyone knows his big events previously has always done it big yeah yeah definitely and this is just you know, the, the latest and greatest in that. So big ups to Jeremy Aronson for scheduling what is probably the most ambitious undertaking by a single human being. Yeah. To support Eternal Magic in probably forever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is just unheard of. I think it's incredible. I wish that we had more Jeremy Aronsons for legacy and vintage and you know in old school and i think it's i think it's great i'm have not made it to one of his events the 20k was very tempting the timing was not great i'm hoping that the timing on this works out for me to be able to go i would love nothing more than to go eat barbecue in st louis with some friends some of the tusk guys are talking about going to it so you know hopefully you can work it out to where maybe you can do that this year yeah you know it's It'll be a bit of a toss-up, just with uh, work being as it is, and family life and everything. I don't get out to a whole lot of events, and like we were talking about before, the only two really that I, I was targeting for this year or were SCGCon, assuming that uh, the Power Nine series returns, yeah. and Eternal Weekend. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. I may go to one, the other, both, none. It really just sort of depends. Yeah. That's that's just where I'm at in life right now. Yeah, yeah. But for anyone that's interested in the Legacy 40K, which also we feel like we should uh, talk about this too. This tournament's being run to benefit charity. Yes, it's for cancer research, I believe, right? Yeah, it, it's Cancer Research Institute. Cancer Research Institute, yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. Such such a great thing to do for a tournament, get a big turnout. It's capped, I think, at 250 players for the main event. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, just really incredible work on his end. You know, there is one other event that I believe that you will be at this year that you forgot to mention. Yeah. I, I believe you're going to be at GP Charlotte. <laughs> oh that's a good one yeah the standard gp in your hometown uh, right okay yeah just take a shit on my plate thanks channel fireball so yeah no yeah i will probably go on site to get signatures and to buy some cards and we'll probably not set foot on the event site again 
I I will probably go down there. Probably I don't know Saturday morning maybe. Yeah. Go go flip all um, your your draft chaff. I live right along the blue line, and it's being held at the convention center again. Thank God. Yeah, the actual um, convention they center. Didn't put it out. Yeah, they <laughs> did. They didn't put it out in Concord again. <laughs> well, that was Star City. So it's it's a it's a quick jerk giant tournament organizer whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, I can take a three-minute train ride to get down to the event site, do whatever I need to do. Uh, I would say, oh yeah, maybe I'll, I'll jump into a vintage side, but let's be honest, three-round vintage side, no one's traveling for those. They, and... Well, so they don't they don't even have them at events anymore. I actually... Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I actually... They haven't had them in forever. They didn't have them in Atlanta. Oh, well, yeah, then fuck that. So I actually messaged Channel Fireball about this, like Channel Fireball events on uh, Facebook yeah. and on Twitter and said, hey, you know, we've got enough people that we could fire a side event for Vintage. And they said, they basically gave me the we don't give a fuck kind of answer. It was the, well, we'll look into it. And then I, I sent them a follow-up message and they never responded. So, sure. you know, it's whatever. But because of this, because the GBTs are coming to town and we feel like we need to do something about it. <laughs> I don't think that's why we're doing it. No, no, we're, we're just doing it because we want yeah, to. Yeah, I was saying, none of, none of us plan on going to a standard yeah. GP, but. But no, so we are going to host what we're titling Hacksmageddon. So we are going to be doing a charity off-site old school event. Uh, we may do some Hex as well. We haven't figured out exactly what we're doing, but us and the boys, we're going to put something together uh, uh, as we get venue finalized, we'll announce it here on the cast on Twitter as well, you know, and hopefully be able to throw a great old school event in Charlotte so that we have more cardboard, our cardboard worth more money in a bar than the entirety of the standard GP player base. So possibly the vendor booths. Uh, if Cal's there, I would beg to differ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Anyway, you know, that and we will have probably bought all the expensive cards by then. So we're looking to do something. So, you know, please, if if you are in the Charlotte area and you work for a brewery or a bar that would be willing to host 32 dudes with big beards, salty language, and expensive cardboard, we would love to have a charity event and become patrons of your establishment and drink all of your alcohol and eat all of your food. Or die trying. <laughs> or die trying. You're goddamn right. That's kind of what we've got in the works right now we're hoping to kind of finalize everything hopefully by the end of this month early march to get the word out but you know some other things that we've got going on outside of you know our scope of things just locally i really feel like channel fireball having the monopoly you know to come back to them is is really kind of they're just running events that there are just constant issues. There was like the whole debacle recently. I'm not sure if you saw that. Probably not. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention. So they, they were selling these passes like at the end of the year, early this year, where it was like you could buy the like limited fanatic or commander, whatever it was, you know, like unlimited commander stuff. Okay. Yeah. And they were selling them for like, these. yeah, they were selling them for like half price. And then it was uh GP New Jersey. They made it so people couldn't register for side events if they hadn't bought those. Whoa. So there were people there that like timeout. What? Yeah, they were saying they were saying like registration was closed for some of these events. They posted it on Twitter. I don't know if it was just for a certain amount of time or what it was, but it was basically if you didn't buy our our thing in advance, you can't play in the events. Now I don't know if that was for just limited or if that was just for commander or what exactly happened, but there was a lot of really pissed off people about that. That they they 
people drove some of them drove just to do side events and weren't able to play in side events so i really think that them continuing to have the monopoly and not having coverage and then having bad pr about things like this is just really not good for them or for magic as a whole you know i mean i used to get excited about going to gps even if it was just a play in a side event like when gp charlotte the last one we had was i think it was modern i had just recently sold out of Modern. I showed up and just played in the Legacy and Vintage side events that Star City was hosting. Right. And, you know, we were getting 16 people on a Friday afternoon to play Paper Vintage. There was uh, the last couple of Star City Opens that had been at the Charlotte Convention Center uh, mm -hmm. were the same way. We It's central location for a lot of us that play Legacy in Charlotte. And yeah. everyone just decided to meet up at the event center instead of you know getting together at someone's house or at one of the lgs's in the in the in the area and you know we we fired their side events essentially for them with you know, probably half of the field all being people that knew each other yeah yeah and you know and there's nothing wrong with that i mean i i want to say that when i was at the the previous charlotte GP, the legacy side events that I was playing in were like 40 to 60 people. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was awesome, you know, to be able to go, it was a modern event there, but the, to still be able to play the magic that you want to play. And it's unfortunate that we don't have vintage support anymore. The legacy side events are so few and far between now. There's like, I think one a day, maybe, maybe two where we, they used to have them like every two hours, there was a legacy event and they would fire when star city had it. Yep. So it's a little unfortunate. And now Star City's pulled legacy support. So Yeah, they no longer have legacy support with the classics. They're they pulled those. They have said that they weren't gonna do it for the opens. So I, I am hoping that they continue their their support at SCG Con. Those classics have been historically quite large too. You know? Yeah, I think that they I think even on the small side they were close to two hundred players in the last year. I don't know about two hundred, but like it was between a hundred and two hundred. I played a legacy one at a team tournament down in Atlanta that I think I think ended up being ninety two players. Like it, it was a yeah. relatively large tournament for a side event. For, yeah, I was gonna say it's a side event. They're what, usually six to seven rounds, maybe. Mm -hmm. That one uh that one I believe was seven rounds. Yeah. So I mean it, it just seems like I understand why Star City can't really do it. You know, they're they would have to get more space, but I would I really would love to see Star City be able to do GPs again because I thought they did a great job when they were running them, having side events and having things for everybody. I feel like now with Channel Fireball, it's there a lot of commander, there's a lot of pauper, pioneer. I will say modern standard. I will say with Star City that removing legacy from classics and all of that, well, you know, it is kind of saddening, does leave OCG Con summer even more so now as their kind of pinnacle yeah. salute to eternal formats as as yeah. it's it's come to be for the last two that they've done. Yeah, and I think that people need to stop shitting on them about having to pull it from the tour. Like I, I get it, you're upset. But come come to Roanoke. Roanoke Roanoke is not a terrible city to visit. There's some decent food, decent beer. It's kind of a pain in the ass to fly into. We'll give you that one. <laughs> you know, you can fly within an hour, hour and a half, rent a car, drive over. Plus, this is, this is you know, legacy and vintage players that we're talking about. You, you probably know people all around the country. If you want to fly into Charlotte and drive up with some of us, I'm fairly certain quite a few of yeah. you. Or fly into Raleigh. Especially if you're listening to this god-awful podcast. I probably yeah. know you. <laughs> Like, yeah. it, which means you probably know the other Charlotte Legacy players, and you can probably hitch a ride with someone. Yeah, I really would love to see a bigger turnout this summer. 
It was down a little bit last summer. Not too much in vintage. I mean, I think 80 to 100 players in vintage is great. You know, legacy, I, I would love to see these events become you know, another marquee event of the year like EW where right. people fly, not just because it's close to us, but just because there is a TO that is willing to support the formats that we want to play. Exactly. They're partnering, partnering with Eternal Central with Jason Jaco. All hail the Godfather of Pimp. All fucking hail. All fucking hail. And not just because he publishes our podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jaco. But more more for the fact that, you know, he's partnering with them to hold an off-site old school event at a bar. And I thought this, you didn't play this summer, correct? But you played the previous summer? No, I did. I, oh, you played this. It's, yeah, you it's did the other way around. Summer. I didn't. I didn't play the first one. I played this one. I thought it was great. We had a great turnout. They had good food at the bar. They had, I mean, we ended up going back to the bar the next night. For dinner. Uh, that you can yeah. listen for dinner and they gave us a private room so that like 16 of us could jam games because they were just so grateful to have us the, from the day before you know it's one of those things where even though these this stuff is kind of getting pulled back you can always do stuff in your own community to kind of help keep your formats that you enjoy playing alive the thing that bugs me the most is that all i see people posting and talking about is you know the sky is falling but really you just need to be the change that you want to see you know it's basically what you and i did, did you just I quote mean, gandhi did i Really? On this podcast? Was that Gandhi? Was that Gandhi? Yeah. Be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, I said something smart. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, it was like when you and I were talking at one of the South Carolina events, and I'd mentioned, hey, I'm, I'm moving back up to North Carolina, and we had talked, you know, at length about trying to get old school off the ground and get vintage off the ground. And, you know, what have we done in the last two years? You know, you and I are just two fat guys with beards that drink too much. Well, not so much anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, but we've got, you know, a team of guys that show up and play and it's, it's ignite, you know, helped invigorate the group here where we're getting 10 people for F and M vintage. We had what, 14 or 16 for an FNM vintage event in December. You know, that's, it's in my living room. Yeah. You don't have to have a store to tell you that you can do these events. I mean, we have streaming, which will, will be going up soon. I'm going to be posting some of the videos on our new Hacks MTG YouTube page. I'll be posting up past tournaments so you can hear us all sing terrible Creed songs and hear me start screaming about Blood Moon. But we, we have that. We also, um, and then you play get... Blood Moon. <laughs> and I got my ass kicked. Yeah, basically, that was that was that was that was my my match against uh, Power Bottom and Old School. <laughs> but yeah, you know we're we're trying to create some some stuff out there, and I mean we're literally streaming with a webcam someone gave me. You know we're not using super fancy tech, but you can you can get get people interested. I've found that since I started streaming at the house, we're getting more people that want to come <laughs> out and be on stream. This is in my living room, and we get know? like. Five viewers, six. It didn't really fucking yeah. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Sometimes someone sits there and goes, wait, vintage? Fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that. Like, sure, there's 900 arena streamers. I want to watch paper vintage in someone's living room. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's the same thing that the uh, Team Serious guys do. I mean, they just stream stuff out of their house. So Shout out to Team Serious. Uh-huh. I said yeah. shout out to Team Serious. The last show note is... Rich talks and Jamie bitches about legacy. Well, we already did that. We kind of went out of order. Well, so one of the things I, I kind of want to talk about is the same issue that we had in Vintage for so long with the misstep battle is that the legacy blue decks just kind of cannibalizing each other and we just get constant whining from them. And 
for me, it's like, are people just focusing on the wrong part of the format right now to be winning tournaments? You know, decks like Dredge, Manalist Dredge, and Burn, like, are they benefiting from the fact that these decks are just cannibalizing each other? Oh, first one and third one, probably. Yeah. Manalist is still bad. Tell that to Rusty, man. That dude has an absurd win rate with that deck. Anyway. So, I mean, like, when was the last time you saw a Graft Digger's Cage or a Tormod's Crypt in, in somebody's sideboard for... Uh, it's been Dread. a little while. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw one. You, you don't see cards like Chill in somebody's sideboard for Burn or really any Burn hate. They just, like, assume, hey, I can beat Burn. And I think that, you know, people underestimate some of these decks and they just hope to, to dodge those matchups. You know, Lincoln put chills in the sideboard of the lincoln lands deck when i was playing more burn and legacy oh yeah i've i've definitely sleeved up chill in a sideboard many times but i I think that it it does kind of open up some space for people to to really start playing dredge and burn to some success i mean i would not be surprised if those decks if people would just start pulling them out would have a, a higher win percentage in events so anyway is there anything else that you want to talk about this evening rich no, I think we covered everything that I've got. Okay. We, uh, like you said, we've got a new uh, YouTube channel. Yep. We've got an email account set up. It is hacksmtg at gmail. Um, I may check it. I may not. I don't know. I just made it so that I could tell you guys to send emails there if you want to talk to us. I'm definitely not going to check it because I don't have the login. No, that's fair. So there you go. Yeah. Find Jamie uh, on Twitter at, at hacksmtg. Find me on Twitter at, at the Spooner Man. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, and uh, this one was maybe a little bit of a longer one for us, but wanted to get get talking about some legacy since the the format's been kind of shaken up a little bit lately. So anyway, have a good one. Thanks everybody for listening. Adios, people. Bye.